All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for the second half of the Sco Bros Show. No, I am not a Sco, but hey, maybe I could be an honorary uh, Schofield today. Michael Schofield, uh, if uh, if Big Brother Rich will bestow that honor on oh, upon me. I would, I would love to bestow that honor upon you. Um, <laughs> apparently, you know, we we get we hear all the time. I think uh, um, the last the last game, Dave and I got to go to at Heinz Field. Um, we actually went, my daughter went with me and we met up with Dave and bad and went to the bills game uh year before. Yeah. Year before last. And um, bad said that we needed to like don him, you know, as an honorary SCO because he was in a whole car full of SCO. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, well, before, before we hit up uh, our, our topic uh, tonight for the second half, What's the first game back uh, on your schedule that uh, you'll be in Heinz Field for? Well, let's see. I, I haven't made a total decision yet. Um, I have I have the preseason game, but I think my wife and daughter are actually going to go to that because I have another commitment that night. Um, and they were like, oh, hey, we could make a girls night of it or girls weekend of it and, you know, go to Pittsburgh. So I have all the B games. I have the Bears, the Broncos the Browns and the Bengals. I have not decided which ones I'm going to of those four yet. Um, well, I know one I'll be going to because the Bears have to go to the Bears game, um, mainly because I know we know one of the players for the Bears. Um, Perfect. So I'd have to say that's the one I'm right now looking forward to, partly to go see the Steelers play and partly to go see DeAndre. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, oh, goodness. Before we go any further, I better pull this up for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict. He says, good show so far, guys. So thank you, Jeffrey. Michael Maplesco Beck. Yes. Maplesco. Uh, like it. Like it. Uh, the, the, Canadian, the Canadianization of uh, the Schofield name, I suppose. Love it. We have fun here on my Steel Curtain. Oh, thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. I, I'm, I'm going to try to catch tomorrow's show between uh, Dave and Jeffrey. I think we're going to learn a lot in that one. Uh, those Vertex articles. If you ha- if you haven't read them, the combination of the stats uh, and the film work are excellent. So make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com to check those out. Uh, I, th- I think there might have been one. Uh, was it today or one? Th- there's one dropping really soon. So make sure or, or just did. So make sure to click over to that. Uh, but Tonight's topic, of course, the first half of the show uh, kind of broke down the offensive players and what we kind of expected of them. Uh, and once again, to kind of plug our podcast side, my AM show, The Live Mike today, I broke down the outside linebacker position. So maybe that's a, a good place to start on, on this side. Uh, TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. TJ Watt, of course, two years in a row, snub Defensive Player of the Year. He doesn't get the award. Uh, Alex Highsmith stepping in for one Alvin Bud Dupree. Do you think this outside linebacker duo can be just as good as what uh, we saw with TJ and Bud, or will there be a slight step back with Alex Highsmith uh, taking over that role? I don't know if I want to say a slight step back, but it's going to be different because Alex Highsmith is not exactly the same player as Bud Dupree. And also we're talking about, you know, year two, Alex Highsmith, where last year we were seeing year five of, Five or yeah, five of but that was year, 
Six. For he six. got the fifth year option in the that's franchise right. tag. Year, yeah. That's right. And then the franchise tag. So you're six of Bud Dupree. Um, I expect it to be really good, but maybe not not exactly the same. Yeah, I, I think Bud Dupree's definitely kind of uh, – he's more of that, what, uh, run defender. That, that was kind of his thing in college. I, I think I think Andrew brings up the great point here. Yeah, and Andrew says it can be just as good, but Highsmith cannot set the edge like Bud yet. And you're absolutely right with bringing that one up. I think uh, Highsmith – the key word there it was yet. Yeah. He he did bulk up a little bit. We saw in some photos from OTAs. He he looks he looks really muscular. Yes, he does. Uh, so th- that's a good sign. Um, outside of that, like uh, I think I think one of the weight things was kind of an uh, under uh, underrated storyline this off season. He looks the part now. So so that's that's really good news for his running mate though. TJ Watt is this finally going to be the year that he kind of breaks that glass ceiling where he's actually the defensive player of the year. I mean, I, I, I expect. Depends, but... I, I think he's going to be in the running for defensive player in the year for the next several years. Yeah. The question is: is when are the folks that vote on this going to, you know, finally give him the respect he deserves and vote him in? Yeah. Because his name's not Aaron Donald. And, and that certainly makes it tough. Um, Let's quickly load this up from Sean Manahan, who puts $2 in the tip jar. He says the D-line is going to eat this year. I agree. That is the strength yeah. of this team. Uh, to speak about that uh, defense line specifically now, let's start with the starters. Of course, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt, and a returning Tyson Alualu, which I, I think kind of turned the tide of this offseason where it felt really negative. Yes, it did. Uh, when he came back to Steelers, they're like, okay, We'll be fine. We'll make it through this offseason. But uh, what do you expect for them? Of course, another year older, but still, they were outstanding last year. Another year older, but they're they're also, you know, I mean, they're also another year wiser. I mean, these guys know how to play together, if that makes sense. It, it's like they... They feed off of each other there in that defensive line. You know, you see at times, you know, Kim Hayward will draw a double team and to it beat his guy one-on-one. And sometimes they try to double team to it and Kim beats his guy one-on-one. You know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a double-edged sword with the two of them. Then throw in Tyson Alu who just, Totally exceeded expectations last year in the move over to play nose tackle. Just played phenomenal and was thrilled to get him back again. Um, you just really can't say enough about those three guys. Yeah, I agree, especially Alu Alu. It's funny, he was a first round pick of the Jaguars, and it took till like year 11 for him to actually look like a first round pick. That that's uh that was one of the, the great things so when it came to the Steelers losing Javon Hargrave. What a replacement! Alu was amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then of course, him coming back this offseason, it definitely boosted my spirit to say uh, the very least. But beyond them, the Steelers team they're bringing back a ton of defensive linemen uh, jeffrey benedict and myself talked about it last week uh, in our uh, isaiah Loudermilk breakdown uh, on the curtain call so make sure if you haven't listened to that check that out because we actually heard a ton of positive stuff about isaiah Loudermilk. 
I know myself included, there's a lot of Steeler fans that were like, who is this guy when he was first drafted? But the depth of the Steelers defensive line, someone, it, it, someone's going to get cut. They just don't have the space yeah. for everyone. How do you, how do you see this playing out? I don't know. It's tough, but I, I, I'm with you. Someone's going to be cut or they're going to try to get somebody onto the practice squad um, or, or something. But um, the depth there is nice, especially since we were talking about, you know, the age of the starters. It's going to be nice that we have the depth that not only if one of those get injured, but also feeling very good about being able to spell those guys during games with some of the other guys that they have. Um, so I really think that defensive line is not something I'm worried about at all going into this season. Oh, and it's beautiful to not have to worry about a position. They could survive three injuries. Uh, like the, that's the amount of depth they have. It, it's it's crazy. Knock on wood. Of course, we don't want that to happen. But no. after going through all the all the D line guys, uh, I, I think we, we can both agree T.J. Watt will lead this team in sacks yet again. And I think you have a really good shot at breaking James Harrison's single season sack record. Of course, there's an extra game, and he probably would have done it last year had he played in the in the season finale, but he didn't have to. And they didn't care about the stats. I, I think there's a chance that record could fall this year. But outside of T.J. Watt, Stephon Tewitt uh, was second on the team in sacks with 11, I believe it was, last year. Who do you think is going to take that crown in uh, 2021? What, uh, being second to T.J. Watt? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I think it was Cam the year before. or Yeah, and Bud Dupree was trailing him. <sighs> you know... What's scary is the. I really have two guys that come to mind first, and really to me, it's just going to be who draws more double teams. The other guy's going to have the chance to be number two in sacks, and that's to it and Hayward. Um, whoever can get more one on one matchups is going to have the chance to be that number two guy on the team when it comes to sacks. Um, and then I would not be surprised to see Alex Highsmith as number three. Um, I, I, I like that. I, I think Highsmith kind of rounding out that group behind one of the defensive linemen. I'd uh, love, love to see Highsmith get, you know, eight, eight and a half, nine sacks this year would be really a fantastic second year. Um, I, I to, go along, to, go along, like, to go along with the record breaking of TJ. Oh, yeah. Expect, you know. Yeah, like uh, I, I could totally see uh, well, to take a step back. I, I think Bud Dupree had five and a half sacks in year two. I, I think so, what that, his total that, was. So that it, sounds it, pretty close. If he could surpass that, uh, you're on a really good trajectory. So uh, anything above five and a half to me, I think would be a really good year for Alex Highsmith, uh, considering where he's drafted and how much responsibility he's got to take. Correct. But, you know, also helps being lined up opposite of, you know, yeah, <laughs> Trent Jordan Watt. So it helps. <laughs> you know, he, um, he's got. If he gets, if he continues to work on those one-on-one moves on the outside, he's going to get some plenty of time in the backfield to wreak havoc on opposing quarterbacks. Absolutely. If there's one guy I, I will will say won't face a double team all year, it's, it's probably going to be Alex Highsmith. He's going to be getting those premier one-on-one matchups that a edge rusher would salivate over. So. He he's he's due for a good year too. He, everything's in, in his favor, but 
to kind of move back to the next level of the defense and the linebacker spot, we have Devin Bush returning. And, man, did the defense change when he went down. The Steelers, they were dominant after the injury, but they weren't the same level of dominant when uh, Devin Bush was healthy. Uh, what are you expecting from uh, Devin Bush year three coming off an ACL? Yeah, the, the scary part is the coming off the ACL. It really will depend on how his rehab has gone and how much he trusts the knee. The more trust he has in the knee, you're going to see him be able to cover more ground on the field, which is what we were used to seeing. If it seems like he is a step slow somewhere, you're going to know that he does not have 100% trust in the knee yet. I will say, uh, just looking at pictures from OTAs, Devin Bush hasn't been wearing a knee brace. So maybe maybe he is really confident. Maybe it's a lot further along than we thought. So I think that's a really good sign personally, but so so do I. You know, I I would love to see Devin Bush come back and not miss a beat. Yeah, it, it, that's if we get that guy, who teams better look out. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And then the, the guy that's going to be paired next to him. I still don't know if we know exactly who that's going to be. Vince Williams was released to save some money, but then he comes back on a vet minimum one-year deal. And the, the kind of rumor swirling around, it's probably going to be his last year too. But then Robert Spillane was kind of the breakout guy before a knee injury to him took him out for a long period of time. And he kind of, he struggled. I don't think he was ready for that playoff game when he did come back. Yeah, I'm not sure he was either. Do you think either of those two guys is the clear-cut uh, starter beside Devin Bush at middle linebacker? Um, at date, you know, Dave and I touched on, on this one a few weeks back. Um, I don't know that either one is the clear cut and I'm not sure either one has to be the clear cut. I think you could interchange those two guys to play situational football. I, I, I think Splane could totally be the sub package guy and kind of the more coverage scenario type yep. guy. Absolutely. And, you know, and play Vince Williams early on, you know, as the run stuffer that he's always been. Yeah. yeah. Past that. I, I, I don't know. I, I really look at it as, as those two guys actually having those two guys be are is kind of a luxury in some ways. Yeah. And if they roll them out correctly, I, I think exactly to your point, that would be the perfect world for the defense. The, the guy behind them, though, rookie Buddy Johnson, he, he's kind of the combination of the two. But, of course, he's a fourth-round pick. Uh, we know from Dave Stack Geek's articles and uh, podcasts that fourth-round picks almost don't play. but They do, but not a whole heck of a lot, mostly on special teams. Do you think he, he's someone, kind of looking past this season, do you think he's the guy to, to be the next starter beside Devin Bush? Uh, do you have any excitement for the Texas A&M prospect? That to me, I will be able to much better answer that question even at the end of the preseason. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to kind of see, you know, because in the preseason, he's going to get to play a decent bit of inside linebacker, and you're going to get to see a little bit of what potential is there. And, um, he's another one of those guys that I, I'm like, I want to say, yes, this guy could be the next guy to step in 
play beside Devin Bush. We'll put the two of them side by side and just, again, wreak havoc on opposing teams. I need just a little bit more before I would feel comfortable saying that, but the potential is there. Yeah. Uh, I, once again, completely agree with you there. Past the linebackers, uh, we'll save the safety spot for last because there's a ton okay. of question marks at corner. Um, do you think there's a clear-cut guy that's going to start uh, beside Joe Hayden, or is that still up in the air? That's still up in the air. Yeah, do you th- in my do you opinion. Le- do you lean any which way? Oh, man. I, it's it's hard to say. You know, you think it – you want to say Cam Sutton because they, they brought him back, but, um, you know, Pierre was just – I don't know something about it when he played last year. I just was very thought he looked very comfortable on the field. Yeah. Um, and I felt very comfortable seeing you know the the times I saw him out there. So I think there's going to still be some competition there for which one is is the starter and which one's your slot. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. And before we get to the slot spot, I, I also want to bring up Justin Lane's name. Of course, uh, he he yeah. got the slap on the wrist with his uh, his offseason shenanigans. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, he struggled a lot when he was on the field. Do you think this guy could is a potential cut candidate, or are you surprised that he's still on the team as it is? Uh, not not totally surprised he's still on the team as it is. Um, but he. You know, if he doesn't come in and have a very good camp, he could be a cut candidate. You know, I, I don't, I, and he should come. He should come in after those off-field shenanigans. Um, he should come into training camp feeling like he is on the hot seat. Yeah. Um, so actually, you know, seeing what he does in camp will say a lot about him. Um, yeah, because the, I think the pressure is on him between what happened off the field, he, you know, and his play last year. He needs to have a good camp, or he might find himself no longer a Steeler. I, I, I agree with that. Um, when it comes to the nickel corner spot, you mentioned it potentially being either or uh, James Pierre, Cam Sutton. Do you think it's that cut and dry, or, or do you think there's some potential that uh, Shakur Brown, of course, uh, the Michigan uh, undrafted guy, or Michigan State, I should say. Uh, sorry, Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, I know you're big, uh, <laughs> big blue guy, so sorry about that. But uh, do you think, of course, he, he got the highest uh, signing bonus in Steelers history uh, when it comes to undrafted free agents, so I think that means something. Uh, mm-hmm. Beyond that, they signed Arthur Mollette, uh, who, who who started games for the Jets at that same spot. Do you do you still think it's it's Pierre and Sutton's job uh, to lose? No, I don't. I, I actually some of this uh, stuff going on at corner, I think, is going to be you know corner and center are the two positions I'm really wanting to watch in training camp and see who's out there performing and who gets the upper hand in terms of starting spots and and where things fall. Because, you know, you think about that, you just named off all these corners and it's like, wow, we got all these, all these guys that are kind of fighting for what we figure are two spots, but again, you know, for starting, but again, boy, isn't it nice to have a, to to look at that and say, well, at least we could have a couple guys that the drop off isn't so dramatic if somebody gets hurt. Yeah, uh, wholeheartedly, once again, agree. It, there's there's going to be some decent depth, uh, sneaky depth to that corner spot. Yes. Um, 
Good way so, of putting it. Sneaky depth. It's it's because there's still a bunch of known, relatively no names, unless you're in the know. And I, I think from what we've seen of these guys, and considering the Steelers' uh, kind of motives in the past, it, it seems like the Steelers are higher on these guys than uh, a, a lot of some of the media types would uh, kind of lead you to believe. So I, I think it, I think that is probably the best way to put it: sneaky depth. But yeah, I, uh, and I actually also like what Andrew just stuck here in in. But it, we're deep, but we're not necessarily top heavy. Um, and, and I understand what he's saying there to an extent. I don't know that we have a lot of elite cornerback talent, but we have, you know, but what we have is very solid quarterback talent. Hey, and when you're up against the cap, you got, you got to make some, some moves to, be in that position. Uh, if the cap didn't drop thirty million dollars, I'm sure you'll probably ha- still have Steven Nelson uh, in in that uh, in that job. But that's just not the way it, the, the 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 cookie crumbled. So unfortunately, uh, we're in the situation. But I think the Steelers have weathered specifically the corner spot just about as good as they possibly could have uh, without spending a, a high draft pick, which they, they really couldn't. Uh, all things considered, they had to focus those early picks on the offense, which is what they did. Uh, to move to our last kind of position group of the show here, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Terrell Edmonds are uh, starting safeties once again. One of them did get the fifth-year option. Terrell Edmonds, of course, did not, joining the infamous group of Jarvis Jones and Artie Burns. That's the only uh, fifth-year, through that fifth-year uh, era since that's been uh, put in the CBA. The only three players in Steelers history did not get that uh, fifth-year option so that's that's not a not a good look for Edmonds, but uh, I think the Steelers will still try to lock him up potentially after this season. He shut down some tight ends uh, last year. I'll give him some credit. But what do you think of uh, the safety uh, safety spot? Are, are you are you happy with it? Yeah, pretty happy with it actually. It, it's again, it, it's going in knowing who the starters are and being um, happy with how they play but actually to take it a little bit of a step further, how they play together. Um, they 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 complement each other well in terms of what they do. Yeah. And I, I think one thing that we should also bring up here is the Steelers have kind of been looking for a third safety all offseason. Uh, they had met with Carl Joseph, uh, eventually signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, and most recently they met with Malik Hooker. A deal wasn't done, but it doesn't seem like the door is closed on that necessarily. Would you feel a little bit better if they did land uh, another free agent at, at the position to kind of sure up the depth and maybe let Minka Fitzpatrick uh, move around a little bit more uh, and put him in some uh, better uh, situations to kind of uh, dial up those uh, interception totals? Um. Yeah, that it wouldn't bother me. They're, they're going to, you know, given the cap situation, it's going to have to be somebody on the cheap. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that's a position they looked at after final cutdowns to try to get somebody and bring in. Um, but I, I also wouldn't be surprised if they moved sooner than that. Um, but I, I think the Steelers feel going into the season with the two starters they have, 
that they could potentially wait and see if somebody gets cut late that they like and um, pick them up that way. Yeah, it, it's happened in the past. So uh, I, I'm definitely uh, I'm not going to say that won't happen. I, I, I think there's probably a higher potential that uh, one of the cut guys ends up uh, rounding out the Steelers roster. But, but before we round out this show, uh, I asked you about it on the offense. Defensively, is there one spot that you're most concerned about? Yeah, uh, my, the, my most concern, believe it or not, on the defense right now is still going to be the inside linebacker position because of the unknown of, of, of Devin Bush coming off the injury. Um, yeah, I, I'm confident in Bush, Spillane, VW. Yeah, but exactly how that's going to work and do we get the same Devin Bush like I said that's another one I'm going to be you know I'll be keeping an eye on that during training camp to kind of see how they're working all that out I think for me it's going to be that outside linebacker spot uh the depth guys because we know Mm. TJ Watt doesn't uh play 100% of the snaps because he's an effort pass rusher he's got to take some series off to be as good as he is in the fourth quarter as he was in the first right now it's Cassius Marsh who looked terrible if I'm being completely honest in that Browns game so if there's one position, I, I begged them to sign before training camp so someone's up to speed, it would be that outside linebacker spot. There are some guys out there. It might be cheaper to try to pull off a trade. It's, it's one of the toughest positions to, to find somebody. So that's going to be my answer. Um, I, I know you guys typically round the, uh, the show out with a, a question. I, I don't have anything prepared. Uh, did you have anything in mind there, Big Bro? Oh, you know what? I really didn't because of my rush coming home tonight. Um, But um, if you stall for about, you know, 10 seconds here, I might be able to come up with something. (laughs) Um, So, you know what? No, you know what? Let's ask, let's ask the live chat, except we're going to limit, you know, we got to talk, we talked about each side of the ball. They are going to pick one. Okay. Um, so basically, we're going to ask them which position group do they have the most concerns about, or say Perfect. concerns you the most. And you're not allowed to answer the question until uh, Big Bro hits the enter button on his question here, and it loads up and if in Big the chat. Bro could spell. Yeah, minor right. details <laughs> should be coming. Okay, which position group concerns you the most? All right, so as we will uh, take these rapid fire, <laughs> uh, as uh, they start to load up, I, I want to remind people uh, to uh, click over to behindthesteelcurtain.com after the show. Should be your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, do you want to uh, start to yep, load I'll up? I'll go ahead. Andrew Wilbar says, uh, offensive tackle. Uh, oh, see, now I know how <laughs> Dave feels. It skipped on. Come on, there you go. Bernardo says, edge. Now I got to. All right. Um, Sean Manhan says center. Um, Ryan <laughs> Ryan O'Toole <laughs> offense. It all sucked last year. <laughs> Did they do enough? Um, Russ says edge. Uh, Brian Brown inside linebacker. He likes to agree with me. Again, I'm guessing Brian. I'm going to go ahead and guess that some of that is Devin coming off the injury. 
Um, <laughs> Ed Ernst says offensive line. Uh, Sundar says offensive tackle. Double HH inside linebackers, his biggest concern. Uh, Clarence Washington says offensive line. I'm starting to get a theme here. Um, Steeler Nation 412 says tackle. Brian Blackstock, outside linebacker. And I, I'm guessing, too, he's concerned like you are with the depth. We've got two guys. What else do we have? Kathy. Um, Kathy Ford listens to the show, is here often. She says quarterback. Uh, Steelers Pittsburgh. <laughs> Deontay Johnson's hands. Nice. Very good. There you go. I'm not even going to read Donald's, but I see what you said there, Donald, because he says the long sla- the long snapper. Um, <laughs> oh, Richard Adamson got real specific, right tackle. Um, so he's really got his eye on Zach Banner coming back. Hey, if he's healthy, I think he could be solid. Yep. If he, but again, the question is, is he healthy? Uh, Reginald Rivers, outside linebacker. Um, oh, I like this. T- Tyler W. said wide receiver, laughy, cry face, uh, then in parentheses, <laughs> but really outside linebacker. Uh, eh, that kind of looks like it uh, rounds out our answers yep. here. Um, of course, we also got uh, Ryan O'Toole. Uh, I'll throw this one up. Uh, who says DeCastro, which version will we see? Uh, yeah, if, if he's the old beast, I think he'd be really solid. Um, do you have any closing uh, thoughts there, uh, Big Bro? You know, um, you know, it was brought up. I, I didn't get to attend our staff meeting the other night, but I did watch it online afterwards. Um, and, you know, we were talking about that we are heading into the dog days of football year um, where there will not be a lot going on. You all might think there's not a lot going on, but BTSC, we are going to have plenty going on. We're going to keep at it with our podcast. We always find fun things to do. Um, I'm going to let everybody know, good chance next week, Dave and I will come back. We'll probably get back to um, what we'd been up to lately, which had been our top five lists. Um, We think coming up with those topics and do it is a way to keep everybody um, on their toes and interested in what's going on with the Steelers. Um, but really all our shows are running great stuff. Um, I know, I know Jeffrey and, uh, Kevin have been working real hard on different film breakdowns and stuff. Um, so whether you're over on the website, checking out the articles or hearing Jeffrey and tomorrow will be Dave, but typically Michael Beck, um, you know, those guys are really putting in some time to break this stuff down. Uh, why? One, we love it, right? I mean, that's that's why we're here, because we love it. But, but two, we're really still trying to do our best to make sure everybody out there is getting great content, both on the website and on the podcast platforms, um, because we love the Steelers. So, all right, that's it for me, Michael. What do you got to wrap oh. it all up? It's hard to top that. That was a hell of an outro. Um, I do want to mention uh, specifically uh, my live mic this morning. I mentioned it earlier. Um, if you like to talk tonight, uh, I specifically did 30 minutes on the outside linebackers, what I like and what I think needs to be fixed. So make sure you check that out. 
Uh, tomorrow morning, or uh, if you're listening on the podcast platform side, make sure you're checking out Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride podcast, of course. That comes out every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, his Wednesday shows, that's uh, when you, the people, get to ask the question. So it's a lot of fun. So make sure you're tuning into that. Um, outside of that, once again, click over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Uh, Should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. You got your film breakdown. You got your breaking news commentary. You got Tony Defio throwing a grenade in Steelers Nation to <laughs> make it everyone talk about his uh, his articles. So check those out. Great stuff on the website. I, I think uh, without further ado, we can call it a show. What, what do you say, Rich? I say I can't wait. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>